for? Is it just a container for the mind? We can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back into the light. We can climb out of hell. Everything you do transforms the connections in your brain. Plasticity is the brain's remarkable ability to change and adapt and that you can teach old dogs new tricks. So welcome to another episode of Chillin' Ambitious, the podcast that points out shit you didn't know was relevant. I'm O. And I'm No. And, and together we make... Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Back together again. Um, so, No. Uh, what do you think is more important, nurture or nature? Well, nurture, because nature is just nature. You got it right now. What do you do with it? So like, you can't really be like, hey, like, um, you can't renegotiate. And be like, can I get longer legs? Can I get like a bigger brain? You can't. You can just try and like, I don't know, get taller or like grow your brain or wear heels. That's all you can really do is get some plastic surgery. Some, yeah, if you really wanted to, I don't recommend it, but you know. You work with what you got. Yeah. Right? And so you can always improve your situation, but you can't go back. You can... You cannot Apple Z on life. <laughs> if you're using a Mac. Yeah. No, I wish I could Apple Z on some things, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> you do. Uh, so, yeah, you, so you can nurture nature. Essentially, yeah. Well, yeah, it's nature is the foundation. What you do with it, that's like you got to build. Cool. That, yeah. Well, that kind of leads us into what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're talking about rewiring the brain, which, you know, you're, you're given and you can supposedly like tweak it and, and, and rewire it to what you want it to be. Uh, and the reason why we're talking about that is today's life innovator uh, we have today is Nikolai. Say hi, Nikolai. Hello. <laughs> he's he's a one name show like Madonna. Yeah. Nikolai. The Nikolai. <laughs> Brooklyn's Nikolai. Um, yeah, and uh, he has an extreme case of having to rewire his brain because he had suffered a brain injury. And um, it, I guess it's part of what we're going to talk about today. So, But Nikolai is also does a lot of things. <laughs> He's like kind of does everything, right? You like do some art, you're a programmer, you do sports. Chess. Chess. Well, yeah. not not at the same time. Eat nuts. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> as many as. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> he's actually like one of my favorite brainiacs, I know. Uh, and so, yeah, he's he's very well-rounded. And it's, it's funny because, yeah, he's had to apparently relearn how to do a lot of these things. And um, I was talking to him earlier that I actually have only known him afterwards. So I... You know, I wouldn't have known otherwise. It seems very much like Nikolai here is doing a good job with the rewiring. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Can you just tell us a bit about, you know, what happened? And um... Yeah, I mean, so three and a half years ago, I was in a rugby game, uh, alumni game, actually, at Columbia University. Just sort of showed up once a year to play with the old, uh, with the old boys. And, uh, you know, basically, I don't know, anyone who knows or plays football or rugby will sort of picture you know, you're trying to hold the sideline, try to get a player from going around you. So you're sort of uh, guarding the right sideline, have stay between that that player and and um, the side, so he doesn't go around and score. And uh, my teammate was running across the field and basically ran into me forehead the temple, uh, knocked me out, you know, cold. Um, and what I know is I woke up in the field. I don't know some minutes later, and you know, couldn't move uh, the right side of my body. Oh and then, no! Yeah, and then you know. Uh, you know, had a couple of moments of uh, of levity, then went into a seizure and and, and passed out. <laughs> Jeez, this yeah. is like real intense. Yeah, yeah, well, it was it was it was a little intense. Yeah, but you noticed when your right side, you were like, I can't feel it, and then you still like. Yeah, I mean, just to describe it, right? Like, I woke up. They're holding my head. I'm on the field. They're like, don't move. I like, clearly okay. just come out. And I mean, I knew exactly where I was. I knew exactly what had happened. I was obviously, you know, shook up, but I was like, okay, I I know where I am. Mm -hmm. You know. And they're like, uh, someone had the presence of mind to ask for the code on the phone, which was smart. Because <laughs> that probably was the most important question, actually. You know, and they're like, oh, like, you know, you know where you are, you know what happened. I'm like, yes. Like, oh, that like, was their like, what's two plus two is four? Like, 
to well, know if you were. You know what? Everyone, was, everyone around me was kind of like freaking out, so I, I told a couple of jokes. <laughs> I, 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 I asked them how the Knicks were doing because <laughs> I guess they were in the playoffs. Maybe I don't know. Was that is that possible? Knicks in the playoffs. I guess that was that, that really was like four years ago. <laughs> and then you know I, I I don't know. People were just like they were really kind of bugging out a little bit, and I I made some comment about well I guess this is my last rugby game. You know, for a while, so they, the ref should have really given me that uh, that try because he basically called me for the Robbie Cohen to a fumble on the goal line, and he was wrong. It was a bad call. Like I totally got in. You were totally milking that. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm like, come on, <laughs> probably my last play. <laughs> so and then I went, you know, and then they said, okay, you know, wiggle your toes and move your arms, and I couldn't do it on the right side at all. Um, but you know, they're like, pinch you, like, can you feel me? Yes. Um, you know, and then I went into a seizure, which is kind of like, I mean, this is like lying dead, right? right? And then the arm shoots up and starts moving like this, oh my like the face twitching, I guess, and all that. And then, you know, that has lasted for, I don't know, not that long, probably. I don't know, like, I don't know, 30 seconds, whatever. And afterwards, they're like, are you all right? You're all right. I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry, I couldn't answer your question. I was having a seizure. Smart <laughs> <laughs> ass all the time. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, you know, and... Uh, yeah, and then you know I woke up in the in the hospital the next day, um, not yeah you know, being able to move the arm, you know. But as I was telling Olivia, like we talked about yesterday, you know, like a few days later, I could sort of, you know, again like the um, what was the Tarantino movie? Kill Bill. Kill, Kill Bill. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's like, wiggle your big toe. Wiggle your big toe. As I lay in the back of Buck's truck, trying to will my limbs out of entropy, wiggle your big toe. Before satisfaction would be mine. First things first. Wiggle your big toe. It's yeah. actually kind of like that. Except that, you know, they accelerated it, she could will it. I didn't have that kind of willpower. <laughs> but at a certain point, like three days later, you could sort of start, you know, I could like move the hand just a little bit. You could just sort of feel it. And then like the shoulder like twitches a little bit. Yeah. yeah. My goodness. So did you do like rehab for a long time or? Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's, I mean, yes, but mostly sort of. I did it on my own, and I would just try to get good advice. Because the thing is, if you go to a standard rehab place, and I went to a few, they're they're useless completely. Because you know, like like most people who don't have their own podcast, uh, <laughs> people aren't really that creative. And, <laughs> you know, you go there and you try to talk to them, but like instead they'll just give you what they give everybody else. That's why, like in America, right? Like everyone takes antibiotics for things that's not even bi- biotics. It's, it's, yeah. it's easy, you know. I'm not being critical of America. I love America. America fuck yeah. I'm just saying, like, you go to, a, go to a rehab place for, like, you know, like a hip, you know, like a hip replacement. Like, they'll do all this complicated stuff. They'll do it well because they're used to it. Right. You go there for, like, a torneo ligament. They know what to do. You go there for something they don't know. Like, they're like, I'm, I went to this place that was supposed to be really good. And they give, they give me electrostim. I'm like, why? Like, it doesn't make any sense. What is this? Like- the electrostim. So, when you have, like, a like torn, when you have, like, a surgery yeah. they'll, they'll, on a joint. They'll give. They'll they'll do electrodes that sort of run electricity through oh, the to joint. Oh, to try to get the oh, nerves to try excited. To, I don't know whether it's the nerves or the blood flow. Both are a problem. Probably the nerves, yeah. but also a big problem, right? Like why, like the athletes will go and get like their blood spun and get it injected into the knee because there's just not enough blood flow. Mm. But like here, I'm like, no, no, no. There's nothing wrong with the shoulder. Like, it, it, yeah, it's, it's a an, brain thing. It's yeah. a brain thing. So they're like, no, no, no. But it can't help. It can't hurt. I'm like. Really? Well, it's also they get to charge insurance too. I'm sure it's like an extra thing, right? I mean, maybe, but I don't think it was that. I think they would rather be helpful. But at the end, like they just got, they didn't want to argue with me anymore. So they had me literally go in a corner and like push against, with a towel against the wall. I'm just like, I mean, again, that's an, look, look like another Kill Bill thing. I feel like I'm, am I, you know, am I, am I trying to like bust through this, you know, this, this coffin here? You know, I, I wanted to poison someone's fish heads, you know. So I didn't go back. <laughs> right. What, what did you find the most challenging? of the rehabilitation process? I mean, I mean, a lot of it's challenging, honestly, but the hardest thing for me is that good rehab, especially for fine motor control and things that are really, really hard to stimulate, it, ma- it makes the area very sore and it makes you very, very tired. Mm. Like, but not like tired, you want to go to sleep. Although like when I got back from the hospital, I slept for you know 16 hours a day. Like, but t- tired as in you really can't think and do other stuff. So it's like... You're foggy. Really foggy, yeah. And... Like there's other stuff I need to do and want to do. Yeah. Like like if I rehab full time. Yeah. That would be cool, but like that's why I don't draw. Yeah. I would love it, but it would completely wipe me out. Right. Huh. And I would love to do it at some point, and I'm sure I will. But it's did, just. Did you used to draw? Yeah. So like 
that's mine. And the one next to you, you can sort of see around the corner. We're in his apartment, by the way, yeah. looking at his his things. Uh, I don't. I like simple things. I, that, that's like one of my favorites because it's so simple. No, I love the colors. Yeah, I'm, like a, I'm a big color person. Me too. Um, well, yeah, actually, so people with like um, traumatic brain injuries, it's like some of their their biggest unmet needs are um, they they become really like everything is exhausting and they have a lot of emotional hardships tied to it. Do you feel like you have emotional heart? Yeah, it's tough because like, you know, that's why I think I'm probably good friends with, you know, with, you know, with Olivia and other people that I've gotten to know afterwards. They don't know the other you, like the vast majority of, I mean, it's happened to me, but from going to support groups, it happens to people. Like most of the time, all of your friends and family, they don't say it's because of the brain injury, but they completely like dissociate. Like they don't know how to talk to you? um, They just don't want to. (laughs) <laughs> like and and like in my case, it was just really like clear, which actually made it easier to deal with. Where like people from the rugby team, if you were, some people were cool. I mean, some of these guys I like, we went on tour and like some of these guys, you know, we had like real you know sports camaraderie with. And you know, some people showed up to the hospital, some stopped by, but then, then afterwards, no one really followed up. And a lot of people like never wanted to talk to you ever again because it was traumatic for them too, you know. And also, I think that you people know, think sometimes that. like they they feel like. Yeah. You know, people who have cancer and stuff, they say like the hardest thing is actually taking care of all the people who are freaking out about their condition. Yeah. It all, it's almost like there's like a guilt association associated. And then like maybe if they didn't follow up with you, then they feel guilty. Or they just don't know how to react. Like, well, we're not they a very, it about And they make it about, about them, them to yeah. they feel comfortable about yeah. your condition. <laughs> yeah. And, and at a certain point, I, I was just like, um, not going to deal with that. Like, I'm not going yeah, to try to. No, totally. Like, I'm, I'm not in the business of making people comfortable about that. Like, absolutely. Not, yeah. You know, like, uh, life is too challenging, you know? Yeah. So, 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 yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in my case, I mean, I can still do a lot of, you know, cool stuff and a lot of people can't. <laughs> and for them, it's like, you know, it's, it's devastating, right? You, you can't be the person you were. And I think in my case, I can still be pretty awesome so it's fine <laughs> you know like I have I, skills. <laughs> you know but imagine if you can't right like everyone wants you know oh well what's the upside isn't this great is there a comeback is yeah. there a silver line? no no there isn't like you, it's just, just life you life know? continues yeah Aside from like your physical, has it like has it affected your memory or, or you know pro- like problem solvings or you know and, or has has what other has it affected other parts of your life or yeah yeah I mean for me you know, fortunately I I remember everything before I mean in like the year the year after I, there's a lot of things I don't remember um, and occasionally it pops up in very like ways that like upsets like my girlfriend she's like wow you actually don't remember that because in general my memory is excellent I remember. I remember a lot of stuff. Yeah, you're like, you you're, know. yeah, you, you retain know a lot of information. <laughs> you know a lot. <laughs> Talking to Your you. recall is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, so that's still the case and that's nice. Um, you know, but, but the thing is, it's, it's very physical for me, you know, like, mm-hmm. like writing. I, I love taking notes and I still do, but in the volume I used to, it's just impossible. Is it your right hand and you're like, I have a question, like, yeah. uh, th- um, this is interesting to me. If sure. it's. If you were to maybe would you if you tried learning how to write with your left hand, that already sounds exhausting to me. I'm right-handed too. Yeah. But if do you think that that would bother you as much? Like if you could, let's say, no, you're of, of course not. But just just you know, I, I mean, I'm somewhat ambidextrous. I actually do a lot of stuff with my left hand, but mm-hmm. like not writing. I mean, like writing is really yeah, it's really out. I, I used to like I actually taught myself to write with my left hand when I was a kid. But, <laughs> of course you did, but not like well. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but some people do well. Like I remember being in a, in a, like a free draw session in London, and there was this artist who did a watercolor with two hands at the same time. But they were like very different, right? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're gonna show up differently. Yeah. Well, 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 the thing is, like, he did different tasks, right? So one, I don't remember which one was doing the outline always in black, and then the other one he would do shading and color. And he would not draw with both; he would do one and then move the other one. But like for the outline, he would like literally hold the brush there and like shade with the other hand, and then it was it was very interesting. I think the point is, I think most activities like that, even when people are ambidextrous, they'll do different things with different hands, um, especially after the thing. A lot of things I just re- basically re- learned just to do with the left hand. Okay. And I thought that, oh no, I shouldn't do that. I should balance. It's like, no, whatever. Life is short. Like I do most <laughs> things with my left hand now that don't require, you know, very fine control, and that's fine. Well, that's interesting. Like so, you know. with with the things that you had to decide to relearn or not relearn, was there any like I guess thing like habits that maybe you had before that you didn't 
relearn again yeah. because you didn't ha- you didn't put the effort into like, putting those habits in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, the biggest to me is drawing and writing, right? Like, like it, it really changed. I think the way I think about a lot of things because I used to take a huge number of notes and draw and, mm-hmm. and write a lot, just always scribbling. Mm-hmm. And without that, it's different. Like you have to just think about it and like remember it and write like sparse notes, which is interesting. It well, is no. interesting because when you're, would you doodle like as a passive? Oh, you know, when I was a kid, all the time, and now I would like never do that. Okay, but even maybe before the brain injury, was yeah. it like so? Like it's a habit, just kind of as a thing to like keep your brain going or like keep you kind of busy. That yeah, now no longer you have that outlet for it. But now is your memory in that sense of like you were saying you have to think your thoughts, then remember them, then write them. Like, do you think that you've grown your memory at least in that? Sense? Oh, absolutely. Well, well, you look at someone like Stephen Hawking, who also happens to be like super brilliant, right? Yeah. Like, like in math, just in general, like you know, small sidebar, like. When people say intelligent or smart, like they mean a very specific thing and it's not at all, you know, not objective. It's very objective. So someone like Hawking, I mean, I met these people because I did advanced math at a young age. Like these people could do things in their head that like a smart but lesser person would have to write down. That's sort of actually how it's defined, right? Yeah. 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 Like, but, but absolutely, when you have to, you develop it more, of course. Well, actually, that's really funny. So, like, um, when you're a kid, you actually, are able to learn so much because this part of your brain called the nucleus basalis um, has uh, like basically secretes um, a chemical called acetyl acetylcholine, and what happens is like it lets you just absorb everything and learn everything, so you can just you know mm. learn anything. And then as you get older, it starts to slow down and be more selective about the, the kinds of things you learn. Right. Um, and they actually found that people with like really severe um, Alzheimer's or like in really severe cases that they don't produce any more of this at all in this part of the brain. But if throughout your life, if you really try to learn something new, that you start to basically secrete it again and you can learn just about anything, no matter how hard it is, as long as you're actively like hitting that part of your brain. So... That's actually really interesting. So there, there's like, that's an argument too for like, people think that your brain is like a fixed thing once you're born. Well, they don't think developed. that anymore, right? But no, not, they, not. They used to. I remember hearing to. this yeah. crap about, oh, <laughs> your brain is learning until you're seven and then it starts shrinking when you're 18. And I was like, first of all, that just sounds insane and like doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it but does not line up with no. our perspective. Well, and, and now also, I mean, you know, as, 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 a, as a box, you know, I boxed for a while, I was a boxing fan. Like you hear about it all the time, like, Freddie Roach is, you know, one of the most respected, you know, fight trainers. I mean, he has Parkinson's and they say that, that actually helps to train. No, that makes sense. I, I read somewhere, actually, I know it was in that TED talk um, mm-hmm. where it said actually the seeds, the, uh, the actual beginnings of Alzheimer's yeah. happens like 30, sometimes 50 years before you actually see any symptoms. Da- yeah. Daniel Amen gave that, yeah, that yeah. speech. Yeah. Um, Which yeah. is crazy. But, but, but to a point, I mean, you know, it was just turning, learning on and off. So, you know, the way I think of like rewiring something like, you know, like the arm, right, is like, okay, so I was hit in the left temple. And I mean, you could even sort of see it on the MRI, like it just like knocked out, like there's physical damage, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, almost think of it like losing a fraction, like a fragment of your hard drive on the phone or whatever. But, you know, okay, but the important stuff is backed up somewhere. So there's still a key to like a, turning it on on some level somewhere else. But like something has to happen where your brain, you know, some gate essentially gets flipped. And I think that makes a lot of sense to what you're saying, where, yeah. where you have to sort of, you do something physical to activate the brain to say, okay, l- learn more. Because yeah. in general, you know, there's a reason we do learn less. And, and, you know, that kids are much more vulnerable to diseases and falling off and doing stupid shit, right? But it but also makes Because them- they learn. Yeah. It, it comes hand in hand. If you believe in yourself, you will know how to ride a bike. If you don't, you just keep practicing. You will get the hang of it, I know. So I think if you get into an extreme situation, because we're just adaptable as human beings, right? Like you could totally imagine it turning back on because you have to. Yeah, you know? if you, as long as you try. Right. <laughs> well, uh, in, uh, in, in this book, Rewire Your Brain, uh, so they talk about, I guess, a process for that, uh, for the average person. They use this acronym FEED. So it's FOCUS effort, effortlessness, and then determination, which seems pretty basic, but it's just talking about as these are four stages that you need to go through before uh, a new habit or new wiring happens in your brain. So focus being like, okay, so 
there's a lot of stuff going on all the time. You're driving a car and you're talking to your friend. Your focus is going to be on the conversation with your friend. You don't notice necessarily all the trees that are going by you, all these things that are going on, unless you guys start talking about, hey, what's going on around the car? So that's the focus part. And then effort means, so after, say, you're focusing on a new habit, it's that you're only going to look at the road in front of you. The effort you have to actually put in to make that happen, of course. Then eventually, after you do that enough, you go into that autopilot phase where it becomes effortless. Mm -hmm. But you're still not quite done because after that, you're supposed to go through the determination phase. So you still need to solidify that habit and make sure that you keep doing it. Which I think that makes sense from thinking about like how you learn anything. But um, I guess what's interesting about that is that you can apparently do this with almost any activity. And it's not that, you know, if you're somebody who's like, oh, I normally am someone who can't pay attention to this, or I'm normally someone who like, I don't exercise, you know, I'm not someone who does X, Y, and Z. Well, be in a situation where you have to. Yeah, Yeah. you have to. Move to a foreign country and you'll learn the language. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And it's going to feel unnatural at first. And that's actually totally natural because you're supposed to focus and then you'll actually have to like go against your personal nature and put effort against what your normal habits are to relearn them. Um, well, what's noticed to me though, I, I just, I just have to say this, like yeah. you're at, you know, the step by step thing. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it amuses me to no end that people feel like things have to be broken down to like stages and steps because the truth is like, they're all happening at the same time. Right. Like, yeah. There's a feedback going back and forth. Right. No, 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 I'm saying like there's like it, it's just you know so when we model it for you know artificial intelligence or whatever yeah which is sort of what I do right like you know you have you know you have a learning rate which is like it adjusts the whole network at every step and it's just you you maybe adjust it less maybe some things it says okay these are steady or or, or fly oh, yeah. out but you know but you don't do it in steps yes Nikolai yeah. is also one of his uh, projects that you work on and one of your well, my main interests projects, your main projects yeah. Uh, yeah is neural networking right yeah. And artificial intelligence, bit of that. Yeah, training systems to you know learn complex functions, basically. Yeah. Which is you know all your brain is really doing. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's your, <laughs> your brain. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true, and I actually it's funny you say that. I think whenever you learn sciences in general, they try to break it down in a lot more simplified way. Like 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 uh, how many? Uh, I remember when I was first learning chemistry, right? You know, they you have the periodic table, and they say like how many uh, electrons on around it. But really, in reality, it's just it's it's a prediction. It's a right. chance that the electron will be there before electrons around a particular atom. It's not actually what it is. Right, right. But when you, the early stuff, you got to break it down to be like there's only four. Right, <laughs> well, which is crazy. And then also on top of that, they make it seem like it's additive. It's this plus this, and it, no, it doesn't work that way. Like it just. I don't know. Maybe the, for some reason people want to turn everything into chemistry. It's weird. But I, I don't know. Like, I just notice it now a lot more. It just to me, it's just so weird because like kids don't learn that way. You learn the whole language. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you learn it badly, but you learn it holistically. Yeah, I think it's just helpful though because yeah. when I, I I was reading the book, a lot of people are you know they'll be like, oh, I I tried to do that, and they're like, how long did you try? And you're like, I tried for two days. Oh, Ten thousand hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so there's this sense of like, yeah, I put effort in, but I guess the whole it's point of putting the feet is to be like, okay, you had to get effort. to this stage before you like say you have tried. What was that like one website that you were doing last two years ago or something? It was like a hundred days of something. It was like, oh yeah, like well, it was basically taking that and and like making people do it for a certain amount of time so that they would build the the. It was a cool website. The hundred the hundred day project. Mm. So every day you made whatever goal you had, and you know it had a whole social media aspect of it. So you would like record yourself. One of my favorite ones was actually a mom being like, "We're gonna leave the house on time for a hundred days, kids." And so yeah, she like recorded. Uh, mornings at our house are pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, getting our son out the door is well, it's complicated. He's bizarrely slow why that seems like such a weird goal because you're trying to get out of the house dude you know how kids are you give them a goal like start timing them you Mm -hmm. want a kid to do something be like you got 30 seconds and then they actually start doing it four three you gotta get in the car two Two. one one He's That's not, the end of the numbers. Then so they like, turn it into a game. Yeah, you turn yeah. it into a game. There's like action. Otherwise, yeah, it's, it's called just the OCD like, game. Yeah, <laughs> which isn't that bad, right? Like you know, like you don't have to be OCD to succeed in today's New York society, but it doesn't hurt. 
No, but I could yeah. see your morning being a lot less stressful if your kids are more cooperative and getting out of the house. On Especially time. if you're like, if you're worried about getting to work late or something like that, where it's like, okay, now you're, now you're messing with like our, you know, with whether or not you're going to eat tonight. Like, <laughs> mom gets fired for being late all the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was kind of cute for the, for, yeah, you could see different days when they were like, okay. I'm going to do this. But that seems like, yeah, like taking that theory and then just essentially like, but making it a, a, pro, a fun project where you're saying, because you are doing it simultaneously. It's just that people like, there's a, there's like that culture of like being an expert at something. Right. And so it's like, you know, analyzing something to death and like, you know, coming up with like, so that there are so many people who are, are specialists in all these tiny little like fields, like so many arms of something else. It's like so so like praise you, you, you mean you mean other than political commentary on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> I feel like everybody I know is an expert <laughs> I think that every yeah yeah that too but yeah just in terms of uh of like professions it's like you can't really be people can't really be generalists anymore so they're like so specific and that's well, it's how you why. find your niche and how you get jobs yeah, but, but, but what kills me is in these things that I think are a little bit harder to measure like it's not even that it's more like the people who think they're experts or something but yeah. actually, like they were maybe not that good to begin with, and they're certainly out of date, and they're reinforcing the same behavior. Yeah, you know, you don't think. That, I mean, I think I feel like that happens a lot. Oh, you mean when people who say they're masters? That's like something. No, but actually, think it. It's worse. I mean, if if they're lying, it's better. Like, but, but <laughs> you know, I mean, um, well, I mean, I'm I'm just sort of thinking. I don't know. I I I'd have, I'd have thought I lost it, I'm but. Sorry. But no, it's a fine. <laughs> no, no, but okay, even in my field, like artificial intelligence, like it changes a lot every couple of years. So people who were like experts 20 years ago, some of those people are great. Some of those people have zero to offer. Not, not, oh, not because totally. they don't know stuff. They actually know a lot. It's just that like the world has moved on and what they know is sort of commodity knowledge. Well, and also that like yeah. kind of like new ideas and like any sparks and in innovation or whatever usually come from someone from the app, like bringing two ideas together, like right. out of two separate specialties, right? Or just like, at someone the, looking at, at it at from, right a new, yeah, yeah. from a new angle, because if you ever, if, if you only focus on one thing, you're never really going to be that. Well, and, and the big it's thing. A, it's negative, actually. Yeah, and I think the big thing, which is freaking out a lot of people, but, you know, whatever, I think it's a good thing in general, is you just so quick how something, when it is the right thing, experimentally, like how quickly it goes from like, no one knows, to state of the art, to just like, just commodity, right? I mean, yeah. with code, you can just run someone's code. It doesn't actually cost anything. And once you see it implemented, it can be very easy to, to deal with. No, so, I have a lot of friends yeah. who, as programmers, one of their biggest frustrations apparently That's is cool. that they never, stuff. yeah, they, you never feel like you really master it because whenever you quote unquote so, like, do, there's a new language, there's a new whatever. So you're constantly. It's very tough. Yeah, I mean, you're always learning later, new you know, stuff. Yeah. I mean, I've been programming for like 15 years, it's gotten harder. But those people are probably you know? going to not have such advanced Alzheimer's. <laughs> no, that's true. If you're constantly like growing, you know, like using your brain. And, like, well, and they're drinking that. huge amounts of coffee, which is like, like which At is supposed least. to be good for you, right? <laughs> <laughs> At least they probably have like some good bowel movements, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, that's good too. <laughs> um, I thought it was interesting though. Like, so you had this brain injury and now you work with neural networks and we were talking earlier that there's a lot of parallels between the two. I mean, you want to say directly, but the brain and the way the computer works in terms of learning new information. Yeah, I mean, the, the neural networks have been around for a long time, and the idea was inspired by biology. You know, for a long time they weren't, you know, they worked, but they weren't really more useful than other sort of handcrafted and statistical approaches, other than for whatever reason, backgammon and battle simulation. They were great for that, and sort of moderately useless for everything else. But now, over the past few years, it's, it's the leading biggest breakthrough in AI. You know, they're like labeling images and finding faces and tagging video and doing text recommendation, doing automatic translation. It's amazing. Um, what do you think, the, what was the, the watershed moment for that? Was there a shift in thinking about how computers learn? Probably. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a few things and people disagree with what it was. I mean, Obviously, it was availability of um, just more data too. Right? Well, well, the data was around, but the fact that now you could you could with on a single computer you could process you know a million records to the point where you know a researcher could do it, or you can on Amazon you grant a computer and do it. So that was that was key. But beyond that, you know, a lot of it was actually it, so, with a lot of neural networks, simple ones. There were one or two layers, 
you know, which basically means you're learning just a glorified linear function, essentially. You know, you're summing things. It's no better than regression or anything else that you can do in Excel, right? But uh, if you have layers that connect to layers to layers, you can learn really complex functions. But if you allow the network to make any transition, it's too much. It's too many nodes. It's too much stuff. It can't like generalize because what you wanted, you don't want it to necessarily tag this face. You want it to find all of the sub features to tag every face. Okay. You know, like they have these challenges, the the ImageNet challenge, which is like thousands of categories, including like hundreds of different dogs. It can literally tell the difference between like this corgi and that thing. And I don't even know the names of dogs. I mean, I, <laughs> but, but like hundreds the of dogs. The ugly one with the face and the. <laughs> yeah, the schnauzer and everything. Like, right? Like it can tell, you know, this terrier and that terrier, right? I mean, and it does it, you know, some of them is different sizes, different angles, different. So what it's doing is doing, you know, essentially what we do, which is we learn the important features and we can generalize. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, the example is, I can show you an animal you've never seen before, you know, I don't know, a platypus, a hippopotamus, they've never seen one, but you know what an animal looks like. Yeah. You know, you can tell the difference between that animal and another animal you've never seen from one example. And why is it? Because you have these general features. So, so the networks, particularly for images, do just that. And the way they do it is by having a lot of layers, but having, being very restricted into what each layer can do. So rather than make any connection, mm-hmm. it can only make particular kinds of connections. So once that insight happened, and it happened a while ago, then people said, oh, okay, well, for images, have it look for local features. What it can do, it can literally only look you know, in the three pixels around and try to just optimize for that, and that's it. And it has to apply that little, it's called a filter, mm-hmm. just like a random matrix, to every point in the image. So the, instead of having something handwritten, here's an edge. Mm-hmm. Oh, we like do this image, we do this fancy transformation, we find all the edges. Oh, we have this other fancy transformation that looks like an eye. It learns all that through layers um, automatically by letting it have a lot of data and go through a big transformation, but having each one be very restricted. So, you know, after the fact, people compare it to you know, rods and cones and things like that. But that's not why it was developed. It just sort of happened to work. Yeah. Like when you when you look at someone's face, like the you the first thing you notice is maybe the the shape, the eyes, mm-hmm. and then the size of their features. Like right, like how right. you can tell if like it's a baby or an adult or whatever. Like and it's really and resilient. If half yeah. of your face was missing, I could still tell it's you. I'm saying like in yeah. a picture, in a photo. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, blow it up, maybe. No, no, I'm just thinking of my face off. Maybe they wouldn't though. I feel like like oh, you, you cut your hair that. and people like won't recognize you. Sometimes. I mean, they'll know it's you, but they'll it'll take them a minute. If especially if you well, had like, well, did people not recognize you? You've had some interesting haircuts. Uh, yeah. If it's like pulled up or like, especially when your hair, head. when your hair is down all the way down, and you look like not like a normal person, like a normal person, like you look. I'm like, who's Olivia's cousin? Like, <laughs> it's so funny because I'm so used to like the shaved sides or whatever. Like if her hair is like parted down the middle and she looks like, and then, I remember one day you were wearing that, like you had your hair down and you were wearing like like some dress but you didn't have like crazy tights on with it or whatever and I was just like what the hell is going on <laughs> and like at first it was like you were like hey and I was like my brain is like because I have this problem where sometimes I often don't remember people like and people like this happens to me a lot especially people like I knew maybe like 10 years ago they'll come up to me and just like start talking to me like they and I cannot figure out who the hell they are your brain's doing research. My bra- and, and half the time I like literally scanning, won't, scanning. I won't figure it out. I can't, I don't know. My brain's not great at that. But you, that day I was like, who's talking to me? Like, who is this right now? And I was just like, Jesus, it was, it was you. <laughs> and I, was like, I figured it out, but. Well, well, my, my, you see my face every day. <laughs> I know. Well, my, my friend, I mean, the, the, the same one we were talking about earlier who uh, flew in here, got his pilot's license. He's done this so many times at this point, I know he, it's, it's coming. Is he'll like start like re- like quoting something and reading back to me, and every time it's just like something that I wrote or emailed something crazy that I said years ago. Yeah, and you're like I don't remember. He's no, no. Every time I recognize. Oh him, yeah, like, you're. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You've, he's he's now like co-opted that information as like his own or that opinion, and now. No, 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 no. He'll say it back to me to see whether I recognize it. Oh. I'm like hoping that I'm like, oh, that guy's an idiot. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. I mean, just as a joke, but you know. That's funny. I mean, could you recognize your own speech if someone read it back to you? Uh, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, that sounds like me, but I may or may not remember it. Um, I think I got it from my dad because he does that all the time. Really? I'll be, I'll like retell a story. I'm like, yeah. And then you said that and he'll just laugh at himself. Like, oh, that sounds like something I'd say. (laughs) No recollection of that. But that sounds like me. (laughs) To the point I can put him in the same scenario and he has the same exact reaction. 
and he doesn't remember he had that reaction before. He'll be like surprised, go through all the same phases. That's kind of exciting though to like <laughs> yes, re-excite yourself. Like if you're like, oh, this person was really proud of that joke they made. Let me set them up to tell that <laughs> yeah, joke again. Pretty much. Like and they're gonna be so pleased with themselves. Yeah. So, so to be way way over analytical about this, we actually do this exact same thing with neural networking all the time. So awesome. w- you'll feed in like, like a, you, you'll, uh, I mean, people with images, they literally used to apply Instagram filters and see if they still, you know, to, to get more training data. Yeah. You know, you had these label images, but not maybe that many of them. And they would literally apply a filter or like print it out and then scan that print or like rip the image. And see if it still gave the same label. Ah, uh, so like have it slightly removed. Yes. Well, like yeah, maybe like overpixelize it or yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Ex- exactly. Like oversaturated, yeah. you know, under whatever, and see if you still got the same answer. And for things that are very stable, you would, and if they're not, you wouldn't. Yeah. And then someone realized that instead of having to do all that, we would just do dropout. We literally say, okay, kill fifty percent of the neurons in this network and evaluate it, and you should still get the same answer. Wow. <laughs> and that's actually how you train for resiliency, because you could, you know, you could drop. Fifty percent of you know a million neurons, which is still a pretty small network. I mean, uh, I mean, there's infinite number of combinations. That's nuts. So, what about have you guys all seen? I know this is kind of on topic, but kind of off topic. You know, like Facebook is like has like that creepy accurate face recognition yeah. software where it's yeah. like the second. Well, that's, that's what it uses. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it's exactly better than you is. are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually better than what the FBI uses. Do you oh, know yeah. that? Oh. Um, yeah. Yeah, Facebook has the has the best, literally the best. Anyway, but there's like a photo of like someone's armpit, and it like asked if it's like someone's face, <laughs> and it's like the funniest thing. But you could totally understand why it thought that was someone's <laughs> face. I had to find it as an armpit that looks like a face. Yeah, that sounds like something from South Park. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny though what you were saying though um, about how like dropping like half of the neurons and still being able to recognize oh, it. Yeah. Then you had told me earlier that when you were relearning how to do a lot of stuff, it's like that information was there somewhere like your handwriting was still the same. A lot of these things that were fragmented and you had to relearn the the base was was still in existence. Yeah, so I mean, as as a as an old art teacher would always tell me, you know, is like the whole. The whole difference in the artist is, is in the is in the brushstroke, right? Like that's unique. That's like your signature, mm-hmm. right? So I would joke when I was getting the arm back, like ha 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 ha. I'll like maybe have like a new brushstroke, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But no, 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 not at all. Like I learned to write and to paint exactly the same way, but just worse because you know you remember what it looks like, you remember what it feels like. You just can't do it. Mm. Well, they say like memory lives in the hands. Like that's like an old, isn't that like an old proverb? Like memory lives in the hands, like for people who are craftsmen. It makes a lot of sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Like yeah. if, if you're like a chair making master, like there, no one can make a chair like that. Or, you know, the, they used to make the, the really nice Ferraris by hand, like just the body. Yeah. And each one was different and had to be made by that one, you know, 75 year old Italian guy. And yeah. once he retired, they stopped making those cars because no one else can do it like that. Like for writing, because I love writing. Mm-hmm. And what I never understood is growing up, you know, you would always write for the teacher. You wouldn't write for the class. That's why I think like Twitter is great, right? Like or, or Facebook. Like mm-hmm. just the process of writing and getting feedback from totally. people. Yeah. And for art, I mean, you're inherently are making stuff. People are looking at it. People are commenting on it. Yeah. I think like as, as a meta thing, that's a pretty good process. No, it's actually you know? true. I have a I have a humorous Twitter with some friends. Yeah. And it's just like a really bullshit, like funny one. But it's actually like really exciting to sit down and just like we we like plan them out because it's based on days or whatever. And we like sit them sit down and we have the topics and like it's so funny. It's so fun to just like try and riff and we're like, how can I make that better? How and I thought about that like I think this should be a college class. Yeah, just like yeah. Everyone like, signs up, everyone follows each other and try to build up a following. And then people learn experimentally. Oh, they say, Oh, it's easy, like just talk about, you know, celebrities. No, no one cares about your opinions. Yeah, and it, what it is, it's so funny, like, with, especially because w- what it goes to is, like, I'm definitely not a comedian or a comedy writer, but, like, the nuance and just, like, changing a word or whatever. The will, tense like, or yeah. The- yeah, just, like, will, like, strikes a totally different chord. It's such, like, an art form to, like, get to that, you know? And it's, it's actually really interesting, and it's so it's fun. But, like, if, if writing was taught that way, I probably would have taken writing <laughs> or more writing classes, you know? 
For sure. I mean, you know, or or, or you instead could, or, of breaking it down, like we were talking about how we have to oversimplify yeah. things. It's like five paragraphs. This is the formula. Oh, the support. Th- you th- can't start the sentence in an and. I start every sentence. Yeah. Start and end with a proposition. <laughs> I know. I transcribe. I, once. I transcribe our episodes, and like almost every sentence from everyone starts with an and. <laughs> you know, we're pretty articulate. We speak in complete sentences by, you know, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, or, or or you could do an account with you know things that uh, that that that, uh, that 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 your dad says and that repeats. Oh the yeah! Situation. Oh my yeah. god, he's but I see my conundrum. Me and my sister just started a Facebook book. It was called I Heart Mister Chow Chow Chow, but we felt like we were kind of being racist because my yeah it's because that's just art. Such... And art, you can do whatever you want. I know. If it's art, you can be as racist as you want. <laughs> I know, but we felt guilty because it's funny between us, but then like people who don't know him and don't really have any friends who are trying, like it just starts to like reinforce a stereotype that we get like uncomfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like it's like when Chris Rock did that did that joke. Um that was like the different like the difference between black people versus um the, like yeah. Yeah. And he said that he never told that joke again because it, it, like everyone thought it was hilarious, but everyone took the liberty to try and think that they could say it then and it became really offensive. And so he never did it again because everyone co-opted it. And it was like, how come Chris Rock can do a routine and everybody finds it hilarious and groundbreaking and then I go and do the exact same routine, same comedic timing, and people file a complaint to corporate. Could you just let me, every time, every time black people want to have a good time, some ignorant ass oh, no. I take care of my kids. Wait, wait, wait. Is always want credit stop, for something stop, they're stop, supposed stop, to stop, do. Stop it. You know. It was all, yeah, I could see that being very uncomfortable. Like, yeah. you're laughing way too hard at my dad right now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I find it funny and I know him. But why you're laughing, Makes me very uncomfortable. I don't know. Maybe just as a Russian, I mean, you know, the, the kind of stereotypes that we've been subject to yeah. is just always so like, 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 like that, you know. In like, Russia, in <laughs> Russia, yeah, in, in Russia, car drives you. You know, they're making, you know, they're they're making Air Force One. You know, we're the villain. Think, darling, think. There must be something really rotten we can do today. I'm thinking. You know, you have Angelina Jolie butcher, butchering Russian. Yeah. You mean Boris a sneaky fucking Russian? Why always Boris? Exactly. So it's like, you know. Oh man. I, I, I guess just we're just be used to being treated as sort of a joke and a stereotype that Well, I also know. think no, it's, I, when I, it's personal and too. It's fine, like, you know, we got used to it. Like do your parents do you t- well, I don't know. When when we talk about my parents, like my dad has a my mom doesn't really have an accent, but it's funny because we always quote her with an accent. Yes. My dad is <laughs> she doesn't have one. She doesn't have one. one. <laughs> no, she doesn't. My dad my, my parents speak perfect English, like better English than most Americans. But my dad has a heavy accent. But you know, he speaks like yeah, he speaks in like seven syllable words. But it's funny, yeah, because we would always like when we were younger, we we still use the accents when we talk about them. And it's it makes things so much funnier when my dad is like is like Oh, when will you be home? Oh, 20 minutes? Get your ass in this house right now. You know, it's so much funnier. But my parents started getting like really upset when we were younger. They're like, you're making fun of us. And I was like, no, we're not. It's just that your accents are great. Like, they make the story so much better. And they're like, you're making fun of us. They're like, but your mom doesn't have an accent. She doesn't. She doesn't, but we do use it. I don't know why. It's our impression because they can, you know, they're from there. My association because of your dad. Well, they immigrated here in their their 20s. Like, I've worked very hard to not have an accent. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, we're very educated. What are you doing? Like, why are you making fun? of us <laughs> yeah i have to admit that it, in, in some rare occasions i'll switch to the russian accent dealing with customer support <laughs> <laughs> just to get the hell out. well because then people just sort of realize that they just have to help you or not <laughs> but I, I can't say i don't enjoy it a little bit but it is a little weird oh oh yeah no. i can switch the russian accent very easily i don't speak that way but i could no, my my dad totally plays up the whole like uh, oh, coolest we, we, Asian yeah, thing yeah, yeah. all the time, and I love like calling out other Asians about that. Like I'm totally <laughs> caught some guy. Oh, I don't know, and I'm like, I know you know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> Please leave, and they'll just kind of smile and be like, "Okay, go it." <laughs> where where are they at that you're asking them to leave? Oh, like like if I was I was at uh, 
I was uh, helping with a parade. And I said, I should be like, you're not allowed to be here. Da, da, da. Like, oh, sorry. Which is like my understand. dad's trademark. He, he did, like every time we go to a parade, he's totally like, climbing the fences, just like doing <laughs> stuff you're not Why supposed to do. Why is your dad a parade hooligan? Like, <laughs> he wants to take the picture. <laughs> I want to come. But it's the same thing in Russian society. Like we feel like if you're above a certain age, like it's a curve. Like the older you get, you can just get away with whatever you want. Yeah. Do you do you feel like you've learned stuff about how you learn personally via via studying neural networks on computers? Have you like noticed stuff that you're like, huh, I wonder if that's going on in my brain and then it is? I mean, I definitely like reference it all the time. Yeah. I don't know if I really learned anything or just the vocabulary. Uh-huh. But I think that's useful. I mean, in, in, in tech, especially in like math and computer science, we're obsessed with vocabulary. Right. It definitely gives you a frame of, of reference for saying something in one word. To like, speak a language. Yeah. Like yesterday, I was saying learning rate, you know? Right. Like, which is just this idea that you have your existing state of, you know, your brain and your network. And you have these like just set of observations, just five or 10 or 100 observations. And you just adjust the whole network towards optimizing for that set. And like, is that how ch- children learn? Babies learn? Probably not. But it's just such an easy way of thinking about it. Like, okay, like, well, right? They just have a, a higher learning rate than re- adults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even like the idea of a number, like one percent, is a huge learning rate. By the way, mm. <laughs> you know, think about it. You're adjusting all of your prior stuff, including unrelated stuff, one percent towards optimizing for this. I mean, you can imagine like completely unlearning stuff and crazy creating all kinds of habits, right? And that's, I think, the problem with Uniqlo is like, I love their stuff. It's great, you know, but it's like, I was horrified I, and I realized this never happens. I saw somebody on the street wearing a shirt that I have that I wasn't wearing, that I've actually never worn. But the fact that somebody else there has the same shirt I have in the same design really pissed me off. Because I realized <laughs> it hasn't happened to me like in at least 20 years. You've never showed up to a party where someone else had the same dress on? Never, never. <laughs> like, was... How dare you? Yeah, right. actually me. And, and, actually, like, men, like, and actually like men's stuff is pretty short. Like I mean like you know, with nice clothes, I mean, everything I had was probably from like Boss of Ravados. And like a lot of people I know shop from the same store. And yet I don't think I've literally ever seen anyone wear the same thing that I have. It's usually probably black tea. Well, what did this shirt look like that was so. <laughs> was it a graphic like- tee? Yeah, yeah, and the fact that this other person had a graphic tee that I had, it really annoyed me. Well, maybe because it was a graphic. Yeah, because yeah. it because if it's a white tee, like a lot, yeah, if you're wearing like the same, you know, you white t-shirt and black rag and bone jeans, nobody's gonna care. But like, no, 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 but yeah. but I swear I would notice. I my, like my eyes, I would notice. No, no, you can, but then it it like certain clothes, like you feel like they're empowering you, right? And then other clothes. It's more like the clothes Commodity. are the clothes are the are the loud like you always want to be wearing your clothes, not your clothes wearing you. Correct. And maybe that loud graphic was wearing itself too loudly, right? Then then you were so aware of it that well, that's why it bothered that, you. That, that's definitely what happened. <laughs> Thanks for explaining that. <laughs> it's so true, actually, especially with guys like if I'm at a party, I totally would remember graphics. Yeah. Like, on their t shirts or hoodie if I I talked to them earlier or not, especially, you know, so that's how I remember people, late yeah, at yeah. night. <laughs> I'm like, wait, have I, t- oh, I remember that thing. <laughs> yeah. Cause people kind of look at it. Yeah. You're like, with oh. women, it's handbags. I remember their handbag. Well, it's patterns. I mean, yeah. the, the thing yeah. I think of is doctors. And I mean, I've talked to, I mean, a, a good friend of mine, uh, you know, is an emergency room doctor. And we've talked about this many times in particular in terms of this as well, obviously my condition and just talking about stuff. And as doctors get more experience, there's two things. One, they're much faster at their job. So it's like, well, mm-hmm. they know what to look for. But also by the same token, they also ignore everything else. So if it's a case they've never seen before, they're actually kind of useless. Because like they're just so used to filtering out useless information in the medical report and people who tell long, long, long stories. Yeah. So if you have that rare condition or you have you're not getting help, like you almost have to like fight the doctor to like actually listen to you. Because the the doctors Mm -hmm. are the worst listeners in the world. (laughs) They really are. Because they're they're, they're wired one way too. I mean, that goes back to it where you're the more you are conditioned one way that stronger that ne- um, the connection is in your brain yes. well, to that, think one way. That's also the the whole thing about our culture, like praising specialists, like and people yeah. who are you know not really like experts in their field, right? And you focus because people want like I want to go to the best kidney doctor, you know? When I like, but then you know maybe the the like the 
it's expressing itself in your kidney, but it comes from somewhere else, right? And they're yeah. not going to know what the hell. Is well, going you know, on most of the time they're right, but then if you, but yeah, then, but but then if, if you're, you're not getting person, help, then you have yeah. to go further afield. It's true, and 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 that actually, so so this is actually a big problem. I mean, I was talking to these guys who run, uh, you know, deep learning at Twitter, mm-hmm. and this is actually one of the topics. You know, they ask me what I'm interested. I say, well, they're like, what's the thing for them? And that's like a real problem for them. Actually, what we're talking about is if you're continuously trying to learn. Um, you do get into a state where it just stops learning because the, the, pa- the pathways are so strong. It's good enough at explaining the entire world from what it has. As you give it new information, it's not even adjusting. So, so like right. this is actually like an open question in research, and people are doing things like resetting the network, shocking it, like taking like a chunk of it and just putting in like garbage, random stuff. So it has to like readjust, but maybe in a different way. It has to rewire because it's supposed to go like the least resistance, right? So basically, so if you're yeah. going the one path that's so solid, so it's just not going to want to try the harder way and create a new path and create. Well, it, it's, no, it's, it's actually, that's true, but it's actually deeper than that. It's actually worse than that. Like if that was the only problem, it would be okay. But like, it, it's just because you can explain it with a strong pathways, mm-hmm. there's just no jump that'll ever make you do better. Mm. So essentially, they're taking their their network and like giving it hard drugs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> to like making it creative. Yeah. Well, to make it get stupid. I mean, all all the, all the I mean, okay, like hard drugs make you happy, but they also kill your brain. And I think maybe that's part of the effect that some people like. Well, Nikolai, this has been very interesting. Yeah. Um, so many facts. <laughs> well, I, so much about artificial. My my non artificial intelligence has grown about artificial intelligence. Or maybe is all intelligence artificial? I don't know. What's your learning rate right now? <laughs> I don't know. Like a thousand, a thousand. My learning rate is not maxed out right now. But maybe maybe it was working in the background, and I and I I will realize later. Well, when you sleep, that's yourself. when they makes the update. Yeah. Yeah. That's when ah, it updates. Oh, so that's why when I wasn't sleeping, so my uh, yeah. <laughs> you weren't learning anything. No, I wasn't learning shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Um, well, yeah, thank you. And uh, if you want to learn more about what we just talked about, we're gonna have massive amounts of links uh, about what we just talked about. Which was our, like a thousand things. Yeah. <laughs> In our Your show learning notes. learning rate is about to be on a fleek. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. Show notes. Um, check the website. And then also social medias. We have the Instagram and we have the Facebook and the Twitter and the Periscope. We didn't scope today, but we'll probably scope on Friday. Yeah, we will. Uh, um, the website is chillandambitious.com. And then Nikolai, do you have a website or a, a Anything that you would like people to refer to? Um, no, not really. I mean, I don't know. I tweet sometimes. Do you want to? Do you want people to listen to your tweets? Read your tweets? Yeah, sure. Uh, so it's well, it's Yvonne underscore Bizdomni. <laughs> There's no way you'll find it, but that's fine if you just. It'll be on the website. It'll, go it'll be on the website. So because yeah, I named it after a fictional character from a famous Russian novel, which is maybe a mistake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there were so many, yeah, so many consonants in that. Yeah, <laughs> some of them are in a row <laughs> I know alright so yeah check the website and thanks for talking with us Nicola it was very great well thank you I'm O I'm No and, and bye-bye. bye 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 bye